just takes a second to turn on is all. Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have my buddy. Now, now I know I won't have the accent to give it, uh, but Tarcisio. Tar- you, you say because you have that that Portu- Portuguese accent to it. Yeah, Tarcisio. Tarcisio. Yeah. Oh, see, you, said, you made it sound cooler. And you're from Lisbon, so how you doing, yeah. buddy? I'm doing great. It's. Uh... 10 20 now p.m but i'm doing great i'm uh, relaxed today you know really looking forward for this conversation me too i i know uh a few months ago you had messaged me wanting to come on and stuff and i had you on the list and i'm glad you're finally able to come on so i always start off my podcast with my guests how you became a bon jovi fan and i love that question jerry um i was 11 years old when uh, Sleeper when, when Wet came out. And, uh, you know, I was an innocent teenager. Um, I knew life was short already by then, and uh, I, I just wanted to ask myself how I'm going to have fun in this life. And uh, I, I, I found joy and in, in, in happiness in the hard rock music, okay? And Bon Jovi were really kicking ass, you know? They're really, you know, they're playing all the time on the radio. You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, a great song. I still think it's a masterpiece, hard rock masterpiece, Living on a Prayer. One, A Dead or Alive, another one, you know, Never Say Goodbye. So I was listening to this when I was 11. It was a discovery for me. I was I was just a little kid. And when New Jersey came out, they smashed again with great hits, great songs. And I was 13 by then. And um, it was really... It was really awesome to uh, to listen to. I, I didn't listen only to Bon Jovi, but I really liked their their attitude, uh, not just the lyrics, but their attitude as a rock band, as professionals. I liked them all, and especially live. I think they're live. They're some of the best we've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what's your favorite song uh, in general? Not just from the Slippery album. Uh, maybe it is from the Slippery album. But what's your absolute? It is from the Slippery album. Blood on Blood. I mean, if it's Blood on Blood playing on my car, I'll put it on maximum volume, and it's, uh, yeah, it's rock. Blood on Blood's actually on New Jersey. Not to, not to correct you, I just have to do justice it's, there. Did I did I say it's not from from New Jersey? I, I thought you said it's from Slip. I'm sorry, I misunderstood no, you. I thought you said Slip. No, no, but it's... Here's me. Song number five. Here's me badly trying to correct you when you're actually correcting me. <laughs> No, so, it's okay. No, it's, it's, uh, I know, of course, it's a New Jersey song. And yeah. it's the fifth, I think, on, 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 it's the fifth track. And uh, yeah. I really love it. It's still yeah. some of the best hard rock songs ever. And, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. You know, I was so mad that it didn't get played at all. Um, actually, I, I'm trying to remember. Did it get even – I, I know it didn't get played on the 2022 tour. I don't know if it even got played on this house tour. I don't think it did. I've seen Bon Jovi three times, and they never played Blood on Blood live. Yeah, to me, you know, they, they played it so much heavily more on you know Lost Highway tour, the Circle tour. I'm trying to think more about now tour. I think it got done a few times, but after that, it kind of just stopped. You know, I don't know if maybe that's because of Richie's departure or or what, but I, I, I miss seeing that song. And it's funny because if you would have asked me back in the Circle Tour days, I would have said I'm so sick of this song. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, so let's get into our topic. Yeah. This is actually something I've been wanting to talk about for quite some time now. We are going to talk about the New Jersey um, a 
the 2014 New Jersey editions, which there was the single disc that was remastered, the the deluxe edition, which had the disc of the original um, remaster, and then the second disc, which is the Son of Beaches demos, and then the ultimate diehard fan favorite, the New Jersey Super Deluxe Edition that has the remastered album, the uh, Sons of Beaches demos, and the DVD of the New Jersey videos, and Access All Areas. And if that wasn't enough, an awesome booklet filled with photos of the band, lyrics. So uh, the photos are right. Li- yeah. Literature. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the, like looking at these pictures now. There's some. There's just a few that you know were rare and have never been released. Um, which I should have been more prepared. My favorite, my favorite photo from that book is uh, the one that has a Sovietska Soyuza T-shirt. I don't know the page. It's a. It's an. It's an even page. And uh, this uh, Soviet Union T-shirt because I know I like that period a lot. They went to Moscow, and I think it, it was, you know, some of the best times of uh, Bon Jovi as a band was 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 that uh, was that tour and of course that, that show. Yeah, that, that's a nice one. That's yeah. a cool one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite band photos from that era. But anyway, yeah. so like I remember, like because this was technically thirty years since the debut release. And um, so they announced this, I think, in summer of 2014 that they were releasing the special edition box set. And we didn't know what it was. And I think like two weeks later, the, the news came out that it was going to be in New Jersey. And um, I was just so excited. I was over the moon about it. And I couldn't wait to get my hands on it, especially the, this. And uh, you know, even with the DVD, it is um, remastered. The videos are remastered, so it's higher quality, as well as access all areas. You know, those videos were released on VHS back in the '80s, but it was if you compare, it's very grainy compared to the re-release. So, um, the the, o- the only thing is that we I got so spoiled from this, from loving this so much that I wish that they would have done this for the other albums, at least for Slippery, at least for Crush, Definitely. even these days. Yeah. You know, so I mean, these days, these days surely deserves a, a better box, more insights about it because probably is their um, New Jersey is my favorite album because of the time I was listening to this music and so on. But yeah. I think Keep the Faith and these days really, have, you know, spend those years are the span of best of Bon Jovi and and these days is a, it, they really hit um, very good songs. They really perform very good songs with this day, these days album. I really like it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, you know. And um, my only downfall on this box set was I was hoping that there'd be more um, demos of the songs that were released on the original album. You know, like and I know that there's "Stick to Your Guns," "Wild as the Wind," that that have demos on the second disc. But like back in 1988, I don't, you you probably already know this, but the original recording of "Born to Be My Baby" was done acoustically, and that's how John wanted to put it on the album. And uh, Bruce Fairborn um, said, no, this should be an electric instrumentation of the song. And so it got changed to the electric version. So on this, I really um, wish they would have put the the, uh, the original acoustic demo of Born to Be My Baby on this box set. You know? And who am I to criticize Bruce Fairbairn? But I Act- question if that was the best decision. <laughs> and... Actually, I have to correct myself. They did. 
It is on this. It's it's on the first disc. But it's on the it's on the first disc. But it's not. It's like uh, as an extra, right? As an extra yeah. extra song. They didn't re but, they didn't replace the song. Yeah, I don't think it's the original. So I'm wrong here, but I'm also right. I don't think it's the original demo because I've heard the original demo of this song, and it's a little different than what they put on this okay. box set. So. I, it's definitely different. I, I, I can almost guarantee that this is not the original demo of Born to Be My Baby. Might have been a second or third take to it, but it still is a good one. It yeah, still is because, a good one. Because I think in the original demo, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure Richie's vocals on the first verse of Born to Be My Baby were more heavy. And it kind of almost overpowered John's. In a way, okay. especially in the, you know, our love, our, you know, those parts. So, but you know, regardless, I'm still glad that we got an acoustic version of the song of Born to Be My Baby. So, before we get into... I, I really love also the track, the 13th track, The Boys Are Back in Town. I know, I know it's, a, I know it's just a cover, but, yeah. uh, and, and I know they, did, they didn't change much from, uh, from the original version. Yeah. It's pretty much just, pretty much the same plain thing. But the song fits them so well, don't you think? It, it, it did, and you know, it, it's so great that they added that on there because they 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 did that live quite a bit on the New Jersey tour. I mean, that that was True. like John's favorite covers to do on that tour, and so yeah. I think it was justice right rightfully done to be put on this uh, box set that cover. Um, no, it's not one of my favorite covers, but. I also don't mind it. I know I've seen this episode, but I like this one a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And then another one was Love is War, which that actually almost, I think it was actually in the first batch of songs that was going to be put on the album. So the first recording, write in and recording session for demos, Love is War was done. And he was, I think John said in an interview somewhere that he was trying to mimic in a way you could love a bad name. And it just wasn't working. I, I think Love is War also almost has that same chord progression. And uh, But anyway, it, it got scrapped for that reason, I believe. But, but this, is, this is something I really, I really admire in the band, is they're, they're conscious about it. They're conscious if they're evolving, if this is yeah. the next step they want to make. So, And you can see this in every album. You know, They, they, they really yeah. challenge themselves and try to evolve. And, and that's perfectly... you know. That's what's so great about this New Jersey album. And I would say that New Jersey is definitely the band's best 80s album. Absolutely the best. With with Slippery, you know, with debut 7800, they were trying to prove themselves. And Slippery was the last straw. It was either make it or break it. And so, and obviously they became huge and successful with Slippery. But with New Jersey, they had so much more to prove. They had to prove that they weren't just a one-hit wonder or, you know, that they could still do more hits and make great music and still become and stay in the biggest band of the eighties. And so I think they had so much more to prove. And um, I, I, I could be wrong. I think I'm, they took after the slippery tour, I think they only took three to four break or three weeks of a break before That's for New Jersey. That's and, totally amazing. That's yeah. totally amazing. And so, but you know, but musically, I, I, and lyrically, even I think it's a more uh, better album than Slippery. 
Yeah, but yeah, both I, I, don't get me wrong, but New Jersey just has that. What's that word I'm looking for? That that pure rock and roll and you know America's greatest band at it again kind of vibe. You know. Yes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And but I also I see this evolution in terms of lyrics, quality of the lyrics, also to, to keep the faith. I think to keep the faith album has you know a, a different level of, of songwriting oh, and. Yeah. And these days as well. And these days as well. Absolutely. You know, with keep the faith in these days. You know, before we stray away, keep the faith in these days is definitely more mature as far as songwriting goes. And totally. you, know, you have eighties totally. Bon Jovi that was all about fun and rock and roll and sex and all that stuff. Nineties was more mature for the band. You know, socially conscious songs like keep the faith in these days. You know, mature a little, songs. Little bit of soul, for instance. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they weren't trying to sound like an 80s rock band anymore. I mean, in a way they were, but in a way they weren't. You know, they were trying to evolve as a band. But, yeah. So but so since we're talking about disc one here, I really do like how it's remastered. So if you compare the original 1988 release, the 1992 release, and then the, I think it was 1999, they did the official remasters. Yeah, yes, I don't recall. Yeah, and then the 2014 remaster, even the 1999 remaster and the 2014 remaster, so sonically different. It, it, you can hear more bass, I think, in the 2014 remaster. It, the vocals are more enhanced and more separated, but together with the music, if that makes sense. Like, you can concentrate more on the vocals there. It's not overpowered so much by the guitar. And certain songs like Lay Your Hands On Me, you know, if you listen to the you know the original recording of Lay Your Hands On Me, I always thought the guitar kind of overpowers John's voice in a way. But in the remasters, it do, it's not as heavy. You know, I probably sound crazy here. I just, that's how I. No, I, I, I definitely feel the difference because when I started listening to Jersey, I had a cassette tape. <laughs> this was what I had. I, I bought I'm it in sure. the first day the record was released. I went to the record store and I said, the first day, I'm going to buy a New Jersey album, cassette. And I listened a couple of times, you know, in, in a row. And uh, yeah. so, of course, the sound was totally different. And a li- little audio tape recorder of sharp brand. It, it's old stuff. And uh, it's already broken, of course. So, uh, yeah, those are good memories. And, of course, the quality of the sound was not as good as we have today, of course. Yeah. But it was fun anyway. Yeah. And but so, like, the 2014 Master is so good. And even I think the 2010 special editions were remastered too, and I, I don't know how much different the sound quality is to those. I think it's relatively it's the same. Um, let's talk about the second disc. Oh, you know what? I skipped artwork. I feel like I got to do the art. So inside, so the original um, remastered CD is pretty much the same as the original release, but the um, deluxe edition yeah when you open it up yeah. it has the band there nice finishing yeah you know and I, I love this stuff because that's how it looks like in john's vaults you know stuff yeah. like that you know the discs are really cool looking um yeah the experience of opening it up and, and reading it yeah. it's, it's cool yeah, I agree. yeah and um you know it's just like different kind of literature you know from uh let's see here What's yeah, I think, I think they made a good piece of work there. What's that? They yeah. made a good piece of work there, and you know, trying to enhance the experience of opening yeah. up the box. Yeah. 
but you know, I know we already talked about the book and the super deluxe. But you know, in the so when you open this up, you get this. Yeah. And this is like a really cool. I gotta be really careful with my discs here. Yeah. Careful. Yeah. But I gotta show for people who don't have this yet. If you are a diehard Bon Jovi fan, stop watching this and go buy this. So yeah, I, love, sure. I love that. See, this was one of the unreleased band photos, I think. I think this was the first photo session they had for this album, I believe. And uh, this photo was never released until then. At least I've never seen it in, in, until 2014. But um, I didn't know it was the first session they had. At least I didn't know. I think there were three photo sessions from New Jersey. The first one was because originally the New Jersey coat was supposed to be there was an idea that there, that was going to be the album cover with John looking over his shoulder and it's, it's saying Bon Jovi, New Jersey. But then it obviously became, you know, that cover. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, there's, I think there's two more New Jersey photo sessions after that, but could be, what's that? I didn't know. I didn't know how many photo sessions they had. I'm yeah, sure have a few. it could have been two. It could have been four, but I know there was more than one um, for for the album. Um, but let's talk about the second disc. Um, so the second disc is called "Sons of Beaches Demos," which was one of the working titles for New Jersey back then. It was to kind of mimic the slippery when wet kind of thing, you know, the, the whole beach vibe and you know where they're from and all that. But what's so great about the Sons of Beaches demos is that. Any diehard fan is going to love this. It's full of outtakes and demos. And uh, let me let me ask you, what is your absolute favorite outtake from New Jersey? Uh, I I don't I have two different. Uh, I, I find "Let's Make It Baby" a super fun song because it shows how much fun they were having by that time. Yeah. So I would pinpoint this one. I know it's probably not the best song, okay? But I like it because it shows how much you know they were enjoying doing rock and roll and uh, and the use of talk box again because it's one of the yeah. you know, Rich's favorite uh, things to do and very distinctive from him. Yeah. There's three Bon Jovi songs I don't like. Let's make it baby is one of them. <laughs> yeah. But I understand. I understand. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think it's the great song, but it shows they were having a lot of fun. Okay? Yeah. You, you know what's funny, though? I say that I don't like Let's Make It Baby, but I will say I do agree that it is actually a good song, especially vocally, especially like when John's screaming Let's Make It Baby. You know, it, it's definitely a great song. I just I can't get into it. You know, it's different from it's different from the yeah. other songs. Okay? Yeah. But, I think backdoor, backdoor to heaven could be in the in the in the uh, original release. It's a good song, you know. Now and forever, it's a good song. Could be in the original release. I think let's make it, baby. Could not be in the original release, probably because it was not. It did not raise to the standard. But it's a fun song. I just found it fun when I listen to it. I laugh. It's it's fun. Originally, New Jersey was supposed to be a double album, too. True. And so I wonder. Because there's so many more outtakes than what they put on this from the album. But I wonder, was this John's what was this John's plan to as a second desk originally to put these songs on that desk? You know? 
This, Who knows? This we don't know, but uh, we know from interviews that uh, they 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 released a single because uh, the record company said so and then recommended this. And question to you: Do you think they would have sell less? They had they would have sold less if they, if it was a double album. Well, the thing is, is so the, the the record company didn't want to sell a double album because it, it would have been at a higher price, and they don't think the album would have sold as well. Well, you know, back then it's different than now, but like nowadays, bands can get away with that. Bands get away with doing deluxe editions, special editions with extra stuff, or, or just something really something. But anyway, back then, I think New Jersey could have sold pretty well because look at the massive success Slippery When Wet had. Now, if you were to ask me about Slippery When Wet being a double album, no way. That wouldn't have sold no, no as way, much. No way, But with New but Jersey... I think just, it could have been a double album. I really think it could have been a double album, yeah. 1988, Bon Jovi was the biggest band in the world. No doubt about it. No doubt. There would have been fans. If I was alive, I would have done it. There would have been a lot of fans that would have bought that double album. Now, let me ask you, because you were a fan back then. When you became a fan of Sleeping When Wet and New Jersey came out in 88, would you have then bought that double album? Triple. I would have bought it if it was triple. That's the way. And you know what else is... And you know what else is crazy about the record company? There were talks about a live album coming from the New Jersey tour. And the record company said no to that. You know? So I think in 1990 it was proposed that they were going to do a, a live album. And then it just. This is the kind of decisions that I don't understand because it was by far the most successful tour on earth. And it was a world tour. It's not like going to North America and Europe. It was a world, a real world tour back in yeah. the 80s, okay? Exactly. You know, and I think it would have... I, I don't know how many bands were doing that. Didn't Guns N' Roses have a live album out? I'm I not think sure. Was that I'm the Usual Illusion? I'm not a Guns N' Roses guy, so I don't know too much about it. But I think that Usual Illusion, I think that was a live album, wasn't it? Yeah, and they also released a double album with, with a lot of you know, yeah. sales and I, don't, I think could, Bon Jovi could have done it, no problem, no problem exactly. at all. Yeah. yeah, and they had some good songs, you know. They had some good songs, as you can see in these demos. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, my favorite outtakes from this album in general are "Now and Forever," and "Does Anybody Fall in Love Anymore?" Absolutely right. gems. And you know what else is there? So the only song that's on, so the only song that's ever made to a Bon Jovi album that was not written by John was She Don't Know Me, which was on the um, debut album, which was written by, I think, Mark Absick. Um, yeah. But so on this, on the second disc, there's a song called House of Fire, which was not written by John at all. It was written by Alice Cooper, Desmond Child, and one of my absolute favorite musicians, Joan Jett. So yeah. they, they gave the band the song. And I don't know if it was the idea that... I've heard rumors that... They were never actually going to put this song out, but they just did a demo of it for Alice Cooper, to re- re- which obviously Alice Cooper did record and release. But I've heard yeah, there are stories about this. Yeah, yeah. I just heard that the band just did Bon Jovi just did a demo of it to give to Alice Cooper on how to musically do it. That's just a rumor, though. But I've always wondered if. But it, so I absolutely do love, and I love Alice Cooper. And I love his version of it, but Bon Jovi's version is so much better. You know, especially like the way that. 
John sings that pre-chorus, you know, take me high. You know, I can't do it, obviously, but like just the way that he sings it right before it gets into the chorus, and then he just lets it out, you know? Man, that's fucking incredible. Yeah. You know, so I... <laughs> Uh, and reminds, I want to say one thing about New Jersey too is I think vocally w- with the New Jersey album, John was just superior. You know, like his his yeah. vocals on this album are just phenomenal. Even yeah. even the outtakes show you that. You know, definitely, I totally agree with you. But I, I, about this uh, uh, record, uh, second record, I would like I'd like to know your opinion about uh, Homebound Train. Oh, that was how, how do you like this? How do you like this twist? See, I like Homebound Train, but it's a song I rarely listen to. Now, if it comes on once in a while, I'll listen to it, but I'm not crazy about it. Um, but but this demo is different. The demo they they put oh, is different. Yeah. The, the, the thing is different, you know. And and you know what? I like. I prefer the intro of the demo. Oh yeah, you know. Now that I'm thinking of it, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, I think John's vocals work very well. You know, warming up the song and then kicking. With the guitar afterwards, it's it's great. You know, there's quite a few songs that I always say the demo is much better than the original. You know, work for the working man from the circle. The demo of that oh, right. is much better than yeah, the yeah. actual album version. But uh, another one that you know we talk about demos here, Diamond Ring. So uh, so a lot of people don't realize that Diamond Ring was actually written and recorded back in '88, and it was an outtake from New Jersey, obviously. But um, I think the story goes Tico didn't like it or something. And then so that changed John's mind, something along the lines of that. But they, whatever the reason was, it became an outtake and it got re-released on these days as an acoustic version. Let me ask you, which version do you prefer more, the New Jersey version or these days version? I'm so used to these days version that I think – I would have to listen a lot of times to this uh, outtake. To uh, I think I prefer the These Days version. I like These Days album a lot yeah. too. See, I picked the New Jersey. Not to discredit the These Days version of Diamond Ring, it's good, but I also don't think there's there's not much of an excitement level for me other than John and Richie's vocal combination there. Other than that, I, I yeah. it's one of those songs for me that I think it, it needs picked up a little bit, and. The demo of that proves how much better it could have been. You know, I love the electric guitar, the drums. It's more of a band effort, and I think that translates better for the song. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I understand your point. I totally understand your yeah. point. Probably just because I was, I was so used to use I used to used to listen to these uh, these days version that uh, probably I still prefer it. Yeah. But. Uh, But yeah, I think it's 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 also a good version of it, definitely. I, I, I wonder why Tick, I wonder why Tick didn't like the song. This this is a question. I, I I think that it could have been for another song. I'm thinking that, but I'm pretty sure it was for Diamond because there's one of the band members didn't like it, and it became an outtake yeah. because of that reason. But I I don't want to point my finger at Tel. Obviously, only the band really knows. But I've heard that as a rumor. Talking I, about liking or disliking songs, two of these songs were. Supposed not to be in the original version, which was to "Stick to Your Guns" and "Wild Is the Wind." Yeah, there, but yeah. back to the uh, Diamond Ring thing, real quick though. There's an interview. Okay. I'm going to look for it. There's an interview, I think, on these days tour where John talks about, and I think they were in Africa. 
or they were somewhere on tour and John was asked about Diamond Ring and he said that there was actually a, a um, demo for it from New Jersey. And then he goes, okay. I'll, lo- I'll look for that here because I don't want to say the wrong thing here, but I'm pretty sure it was because one of the band members didn't like it and it got – it, it it changed John's perception of the song. He took it yeah. off. But yeah. for some so, reason, they didn't use it. In- yeah. Anyway, so you were saying about "Stick to Your Guns" and "Wild Is the Wind." Yeah, those those two songs were supposed not to be in the original, and uh, apparently, according to an interview, I have this. Uh, I didn't. I have this book. I don't know if you have this one. Oh, I got that. All right. Yeah. The author already died. Uh, rest in peace. I, uh, they said they said that "Stick to Your Guns" and and, and uh, "Wild Is the Wind" was supposed not to be in the original album, but uh, that they they showed some kids that were around the studio the songs and they said, "Look, these guys, these songs are great. You should keep them in the album," and uh, and they kept it. And I think there are still some of my favorite songs are these two. Yeah, "Stick to Your Guns" is one of my top five favorite songs from the band. You know, "Stick to Your Guns" right. helped me so yeah. much in high school, and. Um, it, it, it helps me so much. It still helps me, and I'm 48. It yeah. still helps me, and I'm 48. Yeah. You know, it just has that, that confidence-like song, you know, hey, stick to who you are and be proud of it and blah, blah, blah. But um, I also love the uh, – that it's on it's track eight, um, Ride, Ride, Cowboy, Ride. Um, I think that's such a great introduction to Stick to Your Guns, which comes next, you know? Really? And that's like one of the good points too of like listening to an album from start to finish. You know the flow of it. You know if you don't listen to Ride Cowboy Ride before Stick to Your Guns, I don't think you're getting the full aspect of the song. You know, but I'm just looking at the list of this other other. I say New Jersey is like a concept album. I, I I wouldn't say that, but it makes sense to listen from beginning to end. It makes full sense. Okay. Yeah. Lay your hands on me. It has to be the first song because that's the, the way they wanted to open up the, the shows and the concerts. And, you know, Bon Jovi, when they create music, they think of live uh, performances. Yeah. So when you have to start with Lay Your Hands on Me because it's where everything starts there. Yeah. You know, and, and you said it perfectly, too, because that, that's something that we should talk about, how New Jersey was never really a concept album like Keep the Faith was or These Days. You know, I think it goes back to me saying earlier, New Jersey was just an album of a band, a great rock and roll band that just loved playing together and making music, you know? And so all these, there's so many different areas of songs. You know, you have your feel good rock songs. You have your deep love songs. you know, like, I'll be there for you. It's one of the most absolutely classic Bon Jovi ballads of all time, you know? Um, and, you know, and to end the album too, the love for sale. I love that. You know, just like another fun, song to end the album you know definitely super fun and again it shows how much joy they had in making rock and roll you know mm-hmm. I, I really love listening to that one this uh, raw, raw sound that they found for the for the, for the music i still yeah. love it and um i was gonna say something else um so we got the demos for why does the wind stick to your guns which obviously made the album you know finished track um one song that i've gotten into recently in the last month is growing up the hard way that was one of those songs that i used to usually just skip not that i didn't mind it but in the last month i've really gotten into that growing up the hard way 
Yeah, mean, for me, it doesn't ring any special bell. It's, it's a nice song, but it doesn't ring any special bell. Yeah. But I'll, I'll give it a second try. I'll give it a second try. If you give a second try to Homebound Train demo. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Homebound. I, I, Homebound Train's a decent song. It's just not one of the songs I really listen to very often. I'm just, but I'm just joking. It's funny now because I'll probably put it on tonight. And I'll probably be in the mood for it for the next several days. <laughs> That's yes, I know, I know the feeling. Yeah, it's like the polls that I, I don't know if you watch or, or see them on Twitter, but I do polls every day, every day of which song do you prefer more, blah, blah, blah. And I tell you, it'll put, like, like I just did um, a poll for all the bounce music videos. And it put me in such a bounce mood in the last week. Um, so it's funny because now I'll, be, I'll probably be in a homebound train mood for the next two days, you know. Um, anyway, like the, intro, the intro of the demo, I think it was really awesome. I don't, I still don't understand why they didn't take it to the original version. Yeah. But okay. It's but been a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. In the demo version, is there the harmonica? Yes. It, it, it's in the demo version. Yes, yes, and it works perfectly in the in the music in the song. Yeah, it's, it gives an atmosphere. It's it's really special. I got to step up. We should, have, we should have kept that that formula to the original version, yeah. but I don't know for some reason they didn't. I got to check that out. Okay, so now the last disc is Access All Areas, which was the band's probably the best home video that they've ever done. Access All Areas, which followed them on a portion of the That's new journey. Great. Yeah, you know, and just on a side note from Access All Areas, I'd love for the band to do that again. You know, they kind of did that for when, when we were beautiful in a way. Um, but I love, like, I always say, like, even on their final tour, when that day comes, I'd love for another in-depth documentary like that on their final tour, where they, they, they film from beginning to end. And obviously you can't put all however many shows into one. Yeah, but just uh, as time, you know, Bits and pieces of this show, bits and pieces of you know, just a, like just like access all areas. I'm getting tongue tied here. Um, I think it would be yeah. cool. But yeah, so I, I bought the video, the VHS tape when it came out, the documentary. Yeah. It was 1989, 1990. I don't remember the, the year. It was 1990, I think, when it came out. And uh, I bought the VHS tape from the record store. I remember this very yeah. well. And uh, I, I, I watched it and. Um, of course, I like Bon Jovi songs a lot, especially from New Jersey album. But I started to admire Bon Jovi in a different way after after watching Access All Areas. Yeah. Because what I learned a lot about work ethics with those guys. Because they didn't reach success just because they were lucky. There was no luck behind this. They wanted to reach success. They wanted to sell a lot. This is true. But they worked a lot to get there. Okay? And it was not a given. They had to really reach success. And they hold on tight to the, to the success they, 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 they achieved. And they kept on working hard. As you said, they only had a few weeks between the tour and, and, and recording the new, new demos for the, for the New Jersey album. I found this amazing, you know? Yeah. And, and you're right. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. The whole work ethic concept, you know, they really proved how different they were than the other bands. Because if you look back at that time, a lot of bands, and I was just watching a Kiss one the other day. A lot of these bands back then we were doing the cheesiest home videos. It was all fake and and just stupid. 
Bon Jovi wasn't doing that. They, you know, if you look at all you know, the Supreme videos and the New Jersey videos, they did small interviews in between, you know, just a band having fun, and then the music videos. And then Access All Areas really proved that they weren't just some 20-something-year-old punks making a lot of money. It actually showed that these five guys and the team surrounding them had yeah, a sure had a vision they had the love for rock and roll the passion for music and were also driven with a good work ethic and prove and it showed them proving themselves to the fans and to the media the critics and i i think that translated well to a lot of people you know until this day until this day it's it inspires me yeah and this this documentary was was really helpful i was so young at that time and and the way they respect fans because if you remember xslr starts with uh a gig uh, in the beginning. There's a gig in Ireland where all all fans came out very happy with the show. And in the backstage, they were saying, "No, it was awful. It could have been much better." And I immediately get struck with their professionalism, with their dedication, with their respect for the fans. They, they wanted to give all they all they could and more and extra. You know, it was awesome. Awesome yeah. to witness that. Exactly. You know, and I was actually just about to mention that part too. And so it was kind of cool. You know, just to think how fans think highly of a show but then they'll go back and say that was you know garbage and you know stuff like that but um yeah that 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 whole access all areas man that was just one of the coolest documentaries not only from bon jovi but just in general that has ever been released in music history you know a lot of bands weren't doing that back then you know a lot of bands were kind of closed off with behind the scenes stuff and i'm I'm all about behind the scenes and kind of different seeing a, a, a different aspect of, of the band you know um now Do you have yeah, any, any any particular part of this documentary that that you really like what the intro that you said when the fans were saying how the shows were amazing and john and the band in the background you know talking about how the show was terrible and blah 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 that was my favorite part okay um, great what's yours what's yours I like that one a lot, as I mentioned, and I like the part of Mexico, the way they dealt with the stadium being closed and so on, and oh, performing yeah. two, two shows in the same day. Come on, yeah, Who does this not? Nobody does this. Nobody would care. Only them, I think. And that's the thing too is you know, in a way, you can tell that they were trying to hide it, but you could tell how exhausted they were towards the end of that home video. Yes. You know, especially Mexico, like you can just see that they're all, you know, it's no secret what happens after that. You know, they all go on five different planes or separate ways and ready for their break. You know, it's funny, too, because promoters and stuff, they wanted wanted them to do so many more shows. I forget the number, but they want to do like another, like, say, 50 or 60 show. That could be wrong on that number. But at that time, I forget how many tour dates the band did on that tour, but it was a lot. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to say 200. It's definitely under 300, but it was definitely the majority of... I think the tour started end of 88, all through 89, and then first part of 90, and then the band took a break. Um, yeah. But yeah, Access to Areas is great. And then the other part of the DVD disc is um, New Jersey videos. So Yes, the videos, yeah. Yeah, which is you know fun because they show um I'm trying to remember the bad medicine, the first version, then they have the fan video at the end. And yes, then, yes, the, the other version, yeah. 
and then all the music videos that they had in um, from New Jersey. You know, and like I said, the, the quality of these videos were just so much higher definition than what we got back in 88. Um, you know, and we talk about how bands were doing things differently. I also want to note that Born to Be My Baby music video was so cool. You know, other bands weren't doing stuff like that, where they were showing the band in the studio. You know, and that, that different intro, too, that I thought was really cool. You know, you kind of get different... Like one part is just John singing by himself. Then it's Richie on guitar all by himself. Then you see the whole band, you know, singing together, you know, all right, you know, and stuff. Like it was, was kind of cool to see the band in that kind of atmosphere because a lot of bands at the time, Bon Jovi included, were doing a lot of live videos because that's the only time that they had. They didn't have time to do music videos. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think in a way, Born to Be My Baby was kind of important for them to kind of stand out a little bit and say, okay, let's let's do this. Bands aren't doing this. So how about we do a video from the studio and mix it a little differently so it kind of gives that studio-like demo uh, life to it, if that makes sense. Different, a different feel. Yeah. yeah, I see. I feel. I see what you mean. So I think... A- anyways. Uh, go, go on, go on. No, you go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say that uh, uh, I'm not a huge video clip kind of guy like watching this, but I think Bad Medicine also states a lot of what they are as a band. You know, mm-hmm. the connection with the fans, the respect they have for the fans, the the the, the, the way, the, um, the importance that the perspective of the fans have for them, the opinion of the fans. I really like that exploration uh, in the Bad Medicine uh, video clip concept, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. You know, I, I think Bad Medicine, the, the fan video was a different, uh, was another point that I'm trying to make about how they were trying to stand out. Other bands weren't doing that. I sound like a broken record. Sure. Other bands weren't doing, giving camcorders to fans to film for their video, you know, so it's kind of cool to see the band from a fan's perspective, you know? Definitely. So, it was so original by then, by that yeah. time. What's your favorite music video on the album? Because of that, Bad Medicine. Okay? Bad Medicine? Okay. Bad Medicine. It's not, it's not my favorite song. It's not one of my favorites. But remember, I was there in the 80s, and watching that was a totally different video clip. Just totally different from what, what, we, what we had seen before. So uh, it's tr- it still struck me to this day how, how they challenge the, 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 the concepts that were MTV standards by then. They, they, so they challenged it. So yep. in terms of innovation, I really think Bad Medicine is, is, is uh, remarkable. It is. And it, it, I think it was truly a great first single for the band, too, because in the music video, the original, you know, it, it starts out with the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, you know, and then someone's spray paints in their back, you know. Cool. And so I thought that was kind of cool, and that kind of, uh, adds to the excitement of the band coming back. Um, but yeah, you know, overall, this box set is truly a gem. And as I said earlier, I really hope and wish that they will do this for other albums, at least for Slippery and Crush, you know? Oh, definitely. You know, so is there I'm anything else? Having this one for Slippery after all these years would be awesome. <laughs> would yeah. be awesome. As a diehard fan, and I know you agree with me, this every single album, just I'll buy it. You know, you know, yeah, and, sure. I, and I don't think these were too crazy expensive. I think they, the Super Deluxe was only like 
fifty bucks. If I, I know yeah. fifty bucks would be a lot of is, you know, fifty bucks is a lot of money, I guess. But for what you get out of this, it was a hundred percent worth it. And I'm sure that there's fans, Bon Jovi fans, that are watching this podcast right now, thinking, "Where can I buy this?" Well, I'm here to tell you. You can find it easily on eBay, Discogs, and Amazon. Uh, sometimes they're outrageously priced. Don't spend over fifty bucks on it because you'll find if you keep looking, you'll find it on eBay for under fifty bucks here and there. Um, but was there anything that you wanted to say about this box set before we end the podcast? No, I was I was just only I just wanted to mention that uh, you know I've met a lot of people who like Bon Jovi. I met a lot of people who don't like Bon Jovi. I'm fine with that. Totally fine with that. Every time I show access all areas to a person, they start respecting Bon Jovi much more. So I think it's really a really good piece of work. And uh, and if you haven't watched it yet, you must do it because yeah. it really, it really, it really is a documentary about Bon Jovi and about doing hard rock, doing concerts in the eighties. So it's a good piece of um, show. It showcases how how music was made and performed in the 80s and i i think it's so overlooked too even i think it's just so overlooked because maybe because of how old it is but i'm trying to figure out the best way to it's just it's it's overlooked and uh, like i said i'd I'd love another documentary like that to be made again probably for the final tour that'd be that'd be a great way to do it again you know it would, be, it would be interesting to see how, how do they cope with Phil X instead of Richie, how how is the atmosphere, the differences. But it had to it had to have this raw, really documentary kind of feeling, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, with this documentary that's coming out from the band mate that we're supposed to be getting this year, maybe it is all access audience. I think it's more document or more interview based, but still I'll take it, you know, and who knows what else is in the works for that, you know? Let's cross the fingers. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, buddy, thank you so much for coming Thanks. on. I know it's late for you. I really appreciate that you took the time to come on and talk. I've been wanting to talk about this box set forever and I didn't know who the right person was and I was like, you know what? You're the perfect person for it. So I'm glad we could talk You're about it. I was probably one of the oldest guests you had in your show, so I think it was a good good idea to talk about this. I've I, I had people in their 50s, 60s. I haven't had anybody in their 80s. <laughs> I know that. Okay, I'm, I'm almost 50, okay. So it was a privilege for me, Jerry. I mean, I'm a big fan. I think I, I really like your work. I really like your passion and dedication. So it was a privilege for me to share this uh, program with you, with this uh, this conversation. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that very much. So, all right, but I'm going to end the recording. Stay on. Don't hang up, all right? All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. See you.